Our uh, text this morning is the gospel reading in Matthew 5. I'm sure these are familiar words to you. The uh, second verse I'm going to remind you of. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this is our text. In the name of our Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. I would have to suppose that on one occasion or another in your lifetime, you've been told that you are simply inadequate. Uh, I think I have the special privilege of being told that often. Uh, I don't know how that happens, but uh, I don't know. It just kind of works that way. I, and maybe you've heard it from people. and Maybe... Um, Maybe you've heard it in your own head when you make a, a blundering error or whatever. But the question is, I guess, do you believe it? That you're inadequate, that you make mistakes, that you are not particularly good at stuff. Uh, and the other question is, are you okay with that? <laughs> uh, you know, even if you're telling yourself that, are you okay with that? I, I know when uh, when I was, well, I've heard, I, I mean, I shouldn't go into all the times I've heard that, so maybe because it would take too long. But uh, uh I go back into my past and uh, people have told me that on occasion and I have felt it on occasion and I know that a lot of times I just kind of rebel against that in my own mind. Sometimes if somebody says that to me, I actually get a little angry against it. But you know, there's always that nagging doubt. If you've heard it enough times, it's kind of like the lawyers say, if, say, if, uh, if they say it three times, it's true. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, I've heard it more than that. I imagine you've heard it a few times yourself. So there's nothing happy there. And yet that seems to be what we're hearing a little bit you know, to this today. Uh, as Jesus gathered his disciples around him, well, they go up on this hill. It says mountain, but, it, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense that they climb a mountain for this. It, uh, they Sometimes people talk about it being... Uh, a hill of some sort. But when they, they go up there, the disciples follow Jesus. They go up and they sit down on this hill. They were surrounded by a great multitude of hurting people. They were sick. They were poor. They were hungry. They were demon-possessed or whatever else. And there's a lot of them that had been following Jesus. And he brings his, his guys up on this hill. And, and, you know, often when we see this on TV or in a movie, we see Jesus talking to the multitude. But that's not really the case if you heard what this says, he was only talking to his disciples that were sitting right there with him. Um, but it's, it's kind of like our, our own society. There's a lot of people in a big crowd like that that uh, are feeling inadequate. Maybe some of them even are inadequate. You get people that are out there in the world that are just uh, not particularly helpful to anything. Uh, they're annoying when they're around. They're useless to the world. You, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, or at least it would appear that this is true. I guess if you listen to Jesus, you might suppose that they were poor in spirit. But Jesus said that, that they're blessed. Uh, that the kingdom of heaven is theirs somehow. Now, he can say things like this, but all it does, you know, I, I don't know if you can put yourself in the shoes of the, the, the folks that were sitting right with him. Um, 
I, I think in my own head, I would be saying, so how can poor in spirit be a blessing? Because <laughs> that doesn't sound like a blessing. It's like when somebody yells at you and says you're useless and they mean it as a blessing. That doesn't make a lot of sense to us walking around in the world. And I have to suppose the disciples would have been a little confused about that. Uh, he couldn't. Well, he was talking to his disciples. Maybe it would cross their mind that they're talking about that being poor in spirit. But that doesn't make any sense either because they're sitting here with Jesus. They're blessed. They're chosen. They're walking with him. They're being taught. And uh, he's obviously pleased with them. How can they be poor in spirit? On the other hand, if they're not the poor in spirit, then are they not blessed and the kingdom isn't theirs? That's all very upsetting. I, if, I know that if I was there with them, I would have been confused. Uh, I'm sure you've heard plenty how uh, it is, how it is, how it will be, if you will, when you stand before God. Uh, one of these days it'll happen, whether you uh, pass from this life to the next or whether Jesus shows up before that, I don't know. But uh, when you show up, you will stand before God and it's got to be a problem being a sinful human being when you stand in front of holiness. There's some precedent for that with Isaiah. He got there himself and was very upset, uh, thought he was going to be destroyed. If you've never been called inadequate, if you've never been called useless or whatever, it certainly applies to that anyway. When you stand before God, you aren't going to have a leg to stand on. Sinners that you are. Um, it's always a problem being a sinful human being when you stand before God. And if you think about that at all, then you might well suppose that he means you when he says poor in spirit. It shouldn't be a big surprise if he thinks that. Now, you know, there are some things you can do to check yourself to see if you're in a good track. Uh, do you believe enough? Uh, that's kind of a nasty question. Do you, do you love God enough? Do you do enough good stuff in service to God and to mankind to qualify for some kind of positive response? Do you know enough about what's in the Bible to keep yourself on a good straight track? Do you love the church enough? So now you, you listen to all that and poor in spirit might be coming to mind a little bit now, uh, uh, but how can poor in spirit be blessed? It seems kind of ridiculous to any thinking person to suppose that those two are connected. And today, today is, is maybe even worse reminder because here we sit on All Saints Day thinking about the saints that have preceded us. How can such sinners as we all are ever be called saints? It's hard to see that. There's this uh, list of ways to be here. Uh, they're called beatitudes sometimes. Uh, uh, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you were in kindergarten, they talked about uh, do bees and don't bees. Well, these are the be attitudes, the attitudes that you should have that you are. Well, 
they're kind of unpleasant, some of them. And other ones uh, seem like they're so difficult that they're out of reach for you. And, and uh, this is a hard list of things to look at. You, you should know, though, that uh, even as Jesus is saying these things, um, he knows that you are not up to it, that you may not even like it. And there's a few things that you probably should learn from that. As for the unpleasant ones, now, uh, I guess maybe that's my opinion, but that's the way it sounds to me. Like he talks about uh, people that are mourning, those who mourn. This is what you do when someone dies. This is what you do if you think about your own mortality. This is what you do when you worry about sin and that kind of stuff. Uh, he talks about the meek. The word that's under there, you might be familiar with the humble. And how do you get humble? Well, for one thing, none of us want to be humble because it looks like the world will rock right over our faces if we're humble. Uh, the only way we're going to be humble is if somebody humiliates us, and, and, uh, and this is not a happy thing. And he talks about hungering and thirsting for righteousness, which implies that you don't have any and that you really, really want some, except, you know, when you think about that, that's not a great situation. So when you're in that kind of hardship, over and over and over, he says, you are blessed. You are blessed with a promise of heaven's kingdom. And he doesn't talk about that, only about that, like it's far in the future and you don't have it yet, but... He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That is what you have right now. And every restoration that is necessary for whatever remedy you need on these things, he gives. As for the ones that seem out of reach, uh, like being merciful, it says be merciful. Blessed are those who are merciful. I know that if you're like me at all, sometimes you don't feel like mercy at all. You'd rather just strangle somebody or hang them out the window or blow them up. Uh, and anger comes. This is not merciful, just in case you were wondering. Uh, and uh, that is something that's hard to do. Uh, he talks about being pure in heart. I don't suppose I even have to tell you why, why that's a problem because we're all struggling with that all the time. Or he talks about being the peacemaker. Um, sometimes that looks like it's impossible, even if you want to do it, uh, you have no idea how to do it. And being a peacemaker in any way is always particularly difficult. Uh, I think you need to remember again that Jesus is aware of this. You are not alone trying to do that stuff. What you lack Christ forgives. Also, what you can't seem to do, he has granted you the Holy Spirit who lives right inside you, even right this minute, to empower you to do everything that has been planned by God for you to do, which seems miraculous and impossible in itself, but that's what he says. Those are promises. Promises of your Savior's own mouth. He is the one here talking today. As he walked on the earth, he was here. He was here for a purpose, and that is your salvation. And he was saying these things. He's the one who mourns. 
your losses. He wept at Lazarus' tomb, and every time you hurt, he mourns. Every time one of his own dies, he mourns. He mourns with you and about you, even over your own sin and mortality. It's one of the reasons he was here. He's the one who humbled himself for you too. Because you know, the son of God doesn't have to be humble, but he came into the world, he became a human being, a servant of all human beings, and he went to a cross, a gift to you in sacrifice and suffering and grace. Whatever righteousness you have lacked along the road or even the times that it's going to happen some more as you look upon your future, the things that you know you cannot do, well, he will give you his own righteousness. You will have all the righteousness you need when you stand before his father. That is a gift of his, his own life. He's also the peacemaker. So, you know, when, when you are a sinner and you stand before God, uh, it, it, that looks like an enemy standing in front of you, and it's terrifying because he is all-powerful and he is holy. But Jesus came to make peace between you and his Father. He took away your sins that obstruct the peace. He gives you his righteousness that makes you holy as you stand before him. Jesus is the peacemaker between you and your heavenly Father. Even as you are persecuted, and he talks about this too. Uh, I don't suppose you've all noticed being persecuted in any particular way, but it does happen, and you maybe have noticed it a little bit. It may well get worse. Whatever persecution you have for him, he grants you his kingdom forever. And not in the future, but now. You have his kingdom. It is yours. You may not see your blessedness all the time, particularly when you're suffering. But if you are brought low for whatever reason, if you recognize your poverty of spirit, remember what Christ has done for you, what he has given you. And he has blessed you so graciously and so generously in all of these blessings that he grants you in this list of things that are so utterly difficult. He gives from his own flesh, from his own blood, and he grants you eternal salvation. So, blessedness is yours. Remember that when you suffer. The kingdom is yours. Remember that when somebody implies that it is not. The salvation in Christ is yours, and no one can ever take that from you. Just as we, as we began, when you are resented, when you are reviled, when you are rejected, whether it's falsely on Jesus' part or whether you have those moments of poverty of spirit in your lifetime, and I'm sure you will have many, Jesus here says, rejoice. Your reward is great in heaven. Such as that is the gift to his saints. And as much as you probably suppose that you ain't one, he says you are. He makes you holy. Whether you like it or not, he's already done it to you. You are, in fact, his saints. When he says that, 
He means you. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.